Welcome to Rooted Light, a show that centers on the path of being human first in the divine play of life on earth. This podcast aims to explore the bridge between mysticism and what it means to be a modern day human who is devoted to full spectrum healing. I am your host, Melanie Custodio. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Rooted Light podcast. Today, we have another guest, and I'm really excited for you all to get to know her. I think you will feel that she has so much, um, so much wisdom and so much uh, love in what she has to share. Her name is Amanda Rose. And she is a lover and a student of yoga, music, psychology, and the places where they intersect. She teaches yin and hatha yoga classes and works one-on-one with students to support their explorations of yoga. Amanda is a multi-instrumentalist and offers sound baths and intimate concerts for local community events, often collaborating with other female musicians to create harmony and resonance. She is currently earning a Master of Arts in Transpersonal Counseling Psychology. Amanda has just released her first EP entitled Bloom, full of original songs from the heart available on all platforms. Hello, Amanda. It is so nice to talk to you and learn a little bit about singing and vocal expression and yoga and how are you doing how is life yeah i'm great it's so good to be connecting with you melanie and thank you so much for having me on your podcast i'm really excited for our conversation today happy to be here Mm -hmm. yeah um so amanda just came back from a trip to sri lanka from sri lanka and were you doing singing and um playing instruments there yeah I was I uh I offered a few sound healing sessions I had an invitation to um offer yoga and sound sessions at a wellness resort called Santani in Sri Lanka um a friend of mine is over there working and uh so yeah I got to spend a couple of weeks out there offering sessions and teaching classes and also studying uh classical hatha yoga so it was a really enriching and wonderful experience (laughs) that sounds really lovely and I'm curious to to learn a little bit about how you began to offer singing and vocal expression what does that look like is it singing is it vocal toning is it a combination of those things yeah, if you don't mind yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so I let's see, that's a good question. I grew up playing music, classical piano, and then I put music aside for maybe a decade um, from when I was a teenager into my early 20s, and then I really missed music. So I started uh, playing the ukulele because it's travel size, and I was on the move quite a bit um, in my 20s and started singing, but only to myself and uh, would not ever sing in front of people or definitely not an audience. Um, and so, yeah, it just became more of, uh, more of an experience for me in loving music and wanting to create. Um, and it was a long journey to feel comfortable sharing music. Um, and now, yeah, now I offer sound healings for, um, at the yoga studio where I work here locally in, in Hilo, Hawaii, um, and other, sometimes I'll do sound healings at the end of ecstatic dance or other community events. Um, so I'll do that for groups and then I do individual sessions um, more for vocal empowerment so I'll work one-on-one with uh, students or clients so that they can get in touch with their their own voices and um, yeah so there's like a couple of different offerings that I do there but it's been a journey and I certainly didn't expect to do performance style music at any point and it just sort of unfolded naturally and now it's um it's a joy to share and it's also definitely a joy to collaborate with other musicians and offer together that seems to be a really beautiful way to connect with um with other creatives and uh, cultivate unique offerings mm-hmm. yeah you brought up a few things that um that 
sparks some interest and some questions for me, which is, it, it sounds like what you said is you didn't really start singing until your 20s. So it wasn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like something you were doing a lot when you were younger until you were an adult. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I think I share this experience with a lot of other people, but I remember being a child and singing and then certain people in my life would um, maybe discourage that or, you know, tease me for the vocal expressions. And um, as a child, then that leads to a lot of creative shutdown um, and, you know, not wanting to to vocalize in that way or not feeling comfortable with our voices. And so, yeah, I remember those instances from when I was small um, and then I didn't start singing until my 20s yeah you're right um and mostly just to myself for myself and then um but I knew that I wanted to sing with a group of women I just had that sort of dream and idea in my early 20s when I was traveling quite a bit um and it required staying put to like join a singing group and have that regularity and community and um when I moved to Hawaii and decided to stay put here, um, I saw a flyer for the Hilo Women's Chorus. So um, that dream came to be and I got to join the chorus. And that was phenomenal in my growth as a vocalist because the spotlight isn't on you as an individual, it's with the group. So there's a lot less pressure and um, sharing your voice with other voices. Um, you learn how to find harmony and find attunement with the group and find resonance. And um, so all of that really boosted my confidence and also just my ability as a singer. We had a really wonderful uh, leader of the group who offered a lot of vocal warm-up and like strengthening exercises to help us um, strengthen and grow into our own voices as individuals. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Uh, what do you feel like, would you say that singing in a group of women like that specifically helped you bridge the gap from singing on your own to being witness singing or were there other things that helped you make that bridge yeah that was definitely a huge piece of it i um we did some performances as a group so i got used to being on stage and singing into a microphone which was new for me but again because it was in a group the pressure was just off um, but we were also invited to start stepping into taking solo parts in each song and uh, initially that was so terrifying for me and that was a hard no um, and over the months and uh, different seasons of singing with that chorus I got much more comfortable and we also played with improv so um, you know vocal improvisation not having a set song that we were singing but sort of branching out into on the spot creativity, which also at first was a hard no and like very, very uncomfortable for me. So there were just so many opportunities for growth in that way. And, um, you know, I also think like that was the main part of it for me and the main transformative experience. But I also think, I feel so strongly that um, using the voice is closely tied with our emotional and psychological landscapes and our spiritual journeys also. And so, becoming more comfortable in sharing my voice and being witnessed in my musical expressions was a lot. It was, there were a lot of different steps along the way in terms of my spiritual development. And I'm still certainly on that path. Like I still get nervous up in front of people if I'm by myself, um, but I'm much more comfortable sharing my voice now. So yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah. You also, I it's so interesting because I could I can see how people may be divided into like what they think of when they think of singing. Um, some people are really surrounded by this like com community of singing, and that feels. I haven't participated too much in that personally, but I've been in it, and it's super transformative in the way it like hits you. It, it's those healing vibrations, of course, and when that focus is shifted away from performance which growing up you know I feel like I grew up in the height of like pop star like female pop star stuff and like it was very solo very like individual very like focused on you um and I can look back in times when I was younger I remember being in my house and like making sure nobody was home and I would just like belt and be a little rock star for a little while until my brother heard me one time and I was mortified and I never sang like <laughs> after that 
Well, that's not true. I, I was very, very shy to sing in front of other people. And I guess, I don't even know if this is a question, but I, I guess it would be nice to hear you speak a little bit more on the power of singing in community where the focus is different and how you feel like that feels different from, you know, being on a stage and singing for a crowd um, and what the benefits of, of that is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love this question. Um, it is, it's such a different energy. Um, both are really valuable. Um, I think performance, you know, really highlights and showcases the artist's uh, gifts and talents and like maybe original music that they've written. Um, but inviting participation is such a different energy. And, and I think that some themes there are empowerment, like inviting the individuals who maybe have a history of not being comfortable sharing their voices or being told not to share their voices or being made fun of, right, when they share their singing voices. Um, so there's a lot of deconstruction of uh, personal beliefs about like whether or not one should sing. Um, and so that can be really beautiful, that empowerment piece. And the invitation also creating a safe space and the invitation for people to share their singing voices and feel comfortable in that. Um, and definitely creating community through singing is really beautiful. Um, I sing, I have sung and I, I currently sing in a few different uh, women's groups specifically. And I think there are so many good themes in that of connecting with sisters and encouraging other women around us to shine and lift each other up and also you know metaphorically speaking literally and metaphorically speaking creating harmony together um, and what a beautiful thing that our world so needs is sisters creating harmony together um, and also finding resonance and attunement and it, it can be such a deeply healing um, process so that's really wonderful and then yeah broader community circles having the men and women sing all together um, is really powerful too and um just a different for for a lot of people it's uncomfortable um and new and different and so getting out of that self-conscious mind and self-doubt uh can be really freeing it's a lot like dance or ecstatic dance you know like once people get into their bodies dancing then they start to loosen up and it can be quite cathartic and healing and similarly with the voice as we uh, grow and expand in our confidence to play with our voice um it can be really really wonderful so yeah I I feel like the idea of singing with other women is such a beautiful way to help sort of heal the sister wound. Um, do you feel as though that was why you were craving singing with other women or was it more of just like some something more subconscious than that or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, it was a number of years ago now, but I think it was less uh clear in my head at that point I think it was more of like a intuitive desire um although probably because I was traveling so much at the time and I think I was exposed to some really beautiful music in my journeys and my travels and mm -hmm. um had seen women collaborating together uh and just yeah female harmonies have always really struck me so I think that was the draw for me but it certainly unfolded in a way that um you know, that's one of the times I look back and I'm like, oh, yes, my intuition was really spot on there. Like, it's just led to so much, so much beauty and so much enrichment of my life. Yeah, and it's nothing against other voices, but I've also found that as in the season that I've, I've been in, in this, which is a season, and maybe it's a forever season of just like softening, like, I just, I can't get enough of hearing like, uh, women's voices specifically and just like multiple women's voices it just feels very yeah it does feel really empowering and just like in a way that we need I think in the time I feel like in mainstream culture the way we see female empowerment like doesn't quite hit the same for me like it's not like how I would resonate with it but like being in spaces like what you're describing where we have multiple women who are really there to support each other and to sing together and to, to create that 
sense of safety and attunement and creativity that's really welcomed feels like something so much more my my speed. Um, so yeah, beautiful. Okay, I think you spoke a little bit to this, which was um, singing with other people can be a, a great start. But for those who have a history like mine <laughs> and who feel really frozen or trapped in self-judgment to use their voice, how would you sort of encourage them to start? Yeah, I love this question because it does bring in the emotional landscape and the psychological landscape and like why our voices are restricted, you know? Um, so from a yogic perspective, we could view that as the prana not flowing through that throat chakra. There's some kind of blockage around it that maybe has to do with the person's history or previous experiences. So we can start to examine those blockages um, it's important in those cases to create a safe space. Like where would you feel comfortable singing? Often um, for people who are struggling with the confidence with their voice. Um, and I, I know because I was there, uh, the car is a really good place to sing. Like if you have a commute, um, singing along to songs that you know, uh, but also maybe just playing with singing by yourself there in a safe space where nobody can hear you. Um, and you know, you're, you're able to focus on singing um, and not be distracted by maybe things at home or um, or anything else. So in the car is a good place. Also, gosh, like singing in nature is so good. So if you can find an outdoor space that's quiet, um, just being in nature helps regulate the nervous system. And if you feel, you know, again, there's that issue for a lot of people about not wanting to be witnessed at that stage of exploring the voice. So if you can find a place that's private enough where you can really relax, that can be really healing as well. Um, yeah. And continuing to examine those blockages. Um, I think something that helped me in my journey too is the, are you familiar with the artist's way? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Julia Cameron, who wrote the artist's way, she writes a lot about this exact theme of like, you know, when we were children, what were the stories that we were told that inhibit our creative expression? So she has a lot of good pointers about, you know, journaling or creating art around those blockages and how to move through them and beyond them so that we can be more full in our in our expression so that holds true with the voice yeah I it's so interesting um I, I know we're gonna get to the yoga as well and we can kind of weave that in um when I notice there are times where I'm feeling not totally grounded or just like I'm just landing in my body normally at the start of like a yoga session or just trying to like get back in and I do like a deep inhale and I do a deep exhale, I can feel and I can hear the air coming out of my airway. And it's like, it's almost like it's siphoned. Like it's like, like it's not like a smooth, like, ah. and um, I'm just really intrigued by that. I mean, I can also sense that there is muscle guarding, right? And but there's things underneath that, which I would imagine have to do with my my self-expression. Um, so yeah, could you talk a little bit? Because not everyone may be familiar about the chakra system, and I'm not super familiar about it, about the throat chakra and how that links to um, singing and expression and what you've noticed have been the benefits to these modalities with, you know, healing the, the throat chakra. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> the chakra system in, in yoga theory are, they move us through or bring to our attention different energetic centers in our body. And there's seven main chakras. There's a whole lot of uh, sort of minor chakras that don't get a lot of attention in the um, Western uh, perception of yoga or Western understanding of yoga. Um, but the seven main energetic centers are really informative um, and a really wonderful lens for us to view our physical bodies through, but also our, our emotions and um, our spiritual landscape as well. So the throat chakra, um, or in the Sanskrit is Vishuddha chakra, and Vishuddha translates as purification. So this, um, this energetic center at the throat um, is 
energetically what holds uh, the themes of communication, of self-expression, communication being both expressing ourselves through voice, but also maybe through writing or other means of um, expressing ourselves. And it also importantly is uh, the center that we, we would listen and receive from. So um, communication has to be both ways, right? Like we have to be vocalizing, but um, we want this, this throat chakra as we want all the chakras to be balanced. So if the throat chakra is closed, we're going to feel that restriction that you're talking about, right? Um, and hesitance to speak our truth, um, hesitance to sing, hesitance to fully express. Whereas also we might encounter people whose throat chakras are overly developed or um, maybe too open and imbalanced in that way. And maybe that's the friend who talks incessantly and you can't really get a word in um, or whose voice generally tends to dominate the conversation without being able to hear other people's perspectives. So it can be imbalanced in either way. Um, similarly, even just from a volume perspective, some people are going to sing really, really quietly or speak really quietly. And some people are going to be really loud and embodied. And that serves a beautiful purpose and is good in certain circumstances. But being fluid and aware of how the throat chakra is balanced or imbalanced helps us become more well-rounded. Um, and then the, the chakras all connect to each other also. So ideally, there's good flow between all of those chakras up and down the body. And what that means is that in a perfect balanced chakra world, the throat chakra would be connected to each of the other chakras, including the heart. So maybe that's like speaking from the heart um, and also connected to the solar plexus chakra, which is our power center in the place of confidence and passion. Um, and so maybe we're singing with a whole lot of passion and you can really feel that fire coming out in somebody's voice. Um, we could also consider the way that the throat chakra is connected to our root chakra or really grounded and strong, connected to the earth, really safe and secure in our voice. Um, so we can play with that while we're singing and, and imagine tuning into each one of those chakras and expressing that through the voice. Yeah, that is so fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I Do you, do you find that, because I am thinking, I guess, of like location, given the fact that the, the throat chakra sits right in, on top of the, well, I guess it depends on what plane you're looking at, but um, right next to the heart chakra. Do you find that they are more closely related compared to say the root chakra? Do you feel as though like, if someone is working with singing and, and an expression that does kind of open the heart a little bit extra just because of their special relationship? What a good question. Um, I do think there's a close connection there. I do think it varies quite a bit depending on the person because for example, if someone has a really closed heart or a really hurt heart, um, that's going to be their work is really to open that up and maybe their heart chakra is more closed and their solar plexus is really firing and open so for that individual it would be easier to sing from a different um, energetic center but I think even if you think of the expression for example speak from the heart there is a close association between the throat chakra and the heart center there um, and I do think like when I work with my individual students on voice because I I tend to work with people who are interested in this approach to singing and vocal expression, more looking at their blockages and their energy and their emotions as it relates to the voice. So um, I do really encourage and try to work with my students to open the heart chakra and bring love through the practice because that, that really lights everything up and makes it enjoyable for them and makes it pleasurable for them. And that's the whole point. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking like, I, I don't know much about singing. I really don't. Um, but I, I would imagine that if someone was like classically trained, that there's a more discipline involved to, to, to singing. And I wonder, have you encountered um, working with someone who sort of came from that framework of like, high discipline and, and um, just like, critiquing and I'm just curious as to how that relates you know that that self-judgment and that the closed heart and kind of like zapping the joy and maybe like the the 
the fluidity of what comes with, I think, with singing that the in the way that you're describing. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Um, so I have a few thoughts there. Yeah, I, I did take a few lessons from a really wonderful teacher who is trained in opera. And so she was very technical with her exercises and that was so beneficial to me. I really, I think, to answer your question, I think it's a balance. Um, I think, yeah. you know, when we're talking specifically about these heavy emotional blockages that are restricting the voice, then that's the place to start is how to deconstruct those blockages, how to make it fun, how to play with the voice, how to love our own voices. And so then once we fall in love with the actual act of singing, um, you know, internally, um, then we can start to move into more technical aspects of singing, which are also important. But if we lean too heavily into the structure and the discipline and the exercises, then yes, it might zap the joy, like you said. And so we have to tend to both of those pieces and sort of hold the structure and hold the flow both, um, but also just paying attention to the individual and where they really want to grow. And it is important, like, for example, if somebody really doesn't like their voice because they can tell that they're singing flat often, you know, they're singing a little bit out of key, then it is actually important to introduce some vocal exercises that might help them sing more in tune because then they'll feel more confidence and they'll enjoy the sound of their voice more. Whereas before they were noticing that um, singing out of key and then they were judging themselves and not wanting to share their voice. So I think they do go kind of hand in hand, but it's important, like you said, not to, not to become too structured and too disciplined and too rigid in that because then it um, takes the fun out of it and um, cultivating both. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. I feel like that parallels to me a little bit uh, with my experience with, with the body. And I know like, you know, singing, you have to use a lot of muscles in your body to, to do that. Um, and there's a what you're kind of seem to be talking about is how to sing in from an embodied place. Um, but my history was not in singing, but with exercise. Um, I've, I've talked about it several times on this podcast, but how I am a physical therapist and a lot of what I've learned has been about using the body as a means to an end um, and like how to create like how to try to achieve goals um, and not a lot of them weren't aesthetic they were very much like centered on self-empowerment through strength training and all these different things um, but I actually completely disconnected from my body altogether because there was almost like this, almost like trying to colonize my own body to try to get something out of it. Um, and yeah, I don't know, this isn't really a question, <laughs> but I'm just like reflecting on how sing the way you're describing singing feels very much more of a celebration of, of your body, of your voice, of your expression versus you know, this idea of like trying to make it be a certain way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I resonate with that. And I think it ties into your story about growing up and like having all of these pop star figures and wanting to feeling like you should move in that direction. Right. And try to embody yeah. that um, a sort of achievement and like level of status and, and fame. Um Whereas there's such a different sort of more primal angle with the, I mean, the voice is such an ancient instrument, right? Like it's such a primal animal thing that we have. And so, yes, it can be really highly cultivated and practiced and um, have so much training, which is beautiful and enables the voice to do incredible things. And from a more sort of primal perspective, it's a, it's a really powerful tool to express and to move energy um, I do focus a lot on like the joyful, loving aspects of singing, but it's also important to be able to express pain and grief and sorrow and rage. Um, so all of these different things that we can utilize. You yeah, know, such a beautiful way to like actually process those emotions in a really like embodied way. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Okay, so um, 
want to talk a little bit about, I know that you are also a teacher and a student of yoga. Um, and how do you weave these two things together as, as part of what you offer? Um, and in what ways do you find them to be complementary to each other or support each other? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so fun for me to continue on these seemingly separate paths of psychology and music and yoga and see where they where they do weave in and overlap in, in big ways. So with yoga specifically, I think so many people um, in the West are accustomed to or familiar with asana practice, like the going through the different physical movements. Um, and that's what yoga is. Uh, and that's one one of the limbs of yoga, right? But then we also have pranayama or breath work. Um, and we have pratyahara, which is sensory withdrawal, which actually the voice ties really well into that. So in yoga, often in my group classes, I do keep it mostly asana based because that's what people know and that's what people are looking for in a group class. Um, but pranayama is incredibly important. So working with the breath in order to support um, our asana practice and stay focused. Um, also increasing lung capacity and moving prana, moving energy, cleansing the body through the breath. So the breath is really important in yoga. And of course, as we strengthen the breath and the control of the breath through yoga practices, um, that weaves really seamlessly into um, strengthening the breath and controlling the breath as we sing um, to support the voice. So um, so that's that's a big one. And then in more traditional and more classical yoga, chanting is also a huge part of um, the practice. So whether that's chanting om repeatedly um, for great lengths of time, um, which again is, is coming into the throat chakra and utilizing it to purify. So if we sit in meditation and chant om 108 times in a meditation, those vibrations are, you're gonna feel it through your whole body and it's gonna bring you to a little bit of a sensory withdrawal and it's gonna bring you um, at some point with repeated practice to perhaps a deeper meditative state. So um, yeah, yogis uh, often will practice chanting and that could be a more complicated chant. Um, now there's a lot of more Western melodic versions of chanting and there's um, there's kirtan too. So that's another uh, place where yoga and the voice would really overlap and uh, devotional singing in that way through kirtan. Um, and losing oneself you know, by singing with a group uh, through devotional singing and through utilization of that throat chakra. So yeah, I think those are kind of the main, the main overlaps that I utilize in my classes. Um, in my private sessions, I do always try to start with a little bit of a short meditation just to ground and drop into the body and drop into the mind and heart space. Um, and then usually do a little bit of stretching. So especially through the neck and throat, um, because if we're tense and our shoulders are coming up to our ears and our head is a little bit back and it starts to constrict our throat and then our, our voices aren't gonna be free to move and play and express. So um, by stretching the neck and the shoulders out in the beginning, we can notice where in our bodies are holding tension, um, which you know we get to practice through yoga a lot. Um, but as we prepare to sing, that's really important to soften those areas, again, with the yogic idea of letting the prana flow more freely, releasing the physical blockages so that the energy can move. Um, and the jaw also, as humans, we carry so much stress and tension in the jaw. And if our jaws are really tight and our teeth are together, you can hear that the voice is really not escaping very well. Whereas if the jaw is relaxed with practice, then when we're singing, you can offer a more full uh, vocal expression in that way. There's so much. It's such an, uh, a layer, multi-layered onion when you think of uh, the, 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 the muscles, like the, the muscles in your shoulders and you're thinking about the diaphragm and you're thinking about the breath. <laughs> Obviously, you're not really thinking about it, but just all these things that, you know, have to come together um, to, to create this flow that you're describing. It's, it, it, it does make me reflect on how, how much of this really is energetic because we do store so much of our, um, history, so much of our, um, unprocessed emotions in our muscles and in our body and in the way we breathe and all of those things are just so heavily linked 
Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious, have, uh, have you found through your path of, of singing and feeling more comfortable and empowered with using your voice, have you come across like, you know, uh, releasing of certain like uh, emotions in like a very palpable way? Have you, you know, does it, does it trigger grief? Does it trigger um, any of those things for you? Yeah, thanks for that. I think um, more recently in my own personal exploration and development of my voice, um, I have been dropping a little bit lower into my body or chakra system and singing from a deeper place. And that came with um, some hardship last year um, and then wanting to channel that sorrow and struggle through the voice. And so, um, yeah, I guess I can speak to um, the first the first EP that I recently released was um, just a short, short album, five songs. And I love them. They're from my heart and they're all pretty floral and joyful and light um, in their sound and in their sentiment. Um, and then after that EP was brought to completion, I wrote this song about sorrow and um, it actually really was hard to, it's hard to even sing because it brings up that emotion and it carries that emotion for me because it's part of my, my story and my, you know, um, how I was feeling during that time. So yeah, song is amazing in that way. I mean, song can carry so much history and um, poignancy and so it is, it's a, it's a powerful tool in that way. And it's also good, I think, as we sing, you know, to sing where we're comfortable to start with, right, to strengthen and build confidence um, and, and have it be a pleasurable, joyful experience, especially as we begin. But then, you know, dropping into different areas in our bodies and in our, um, in our spirits, too, so that we can tap into different parts of our emotions, express different parts of our emotions, um, share with others through song, you know, inspire other people or evoke a different feeling and yeah, being a little bit more um, multifaceted in that, in that expression is a, another place that we can all go with the voice. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned is that you're EP and you wrote those songs and I'm curious as to what your um, experience has been like with vocal expression or just I should say self-expression with physically singing versus songwriting or writing or in creativity and how those how those maybe feel different did it feel difficult for you to kind of write those songs did it feel easeful with your practice with singing I feel like it was just a natural sort of continuation or how was that yeah I think for me songwriting um can be really varied in that way uh one of the songs on the EP the title track bloom sort of just came to me one morning I um woke up in bed before the sunrise and all these hummingbirds were flitting around um the room where I was staying and I was like oh I want to go be with them they're so vibrant and joyful so I um I went out with my ukulele and like followed the hummingbirds down to this beach and sat down and the song just came through so it was like a moment of inspiration and um so much ease in that song coming through so there's this concept of song catching instead of song writing I wasn't like laboring to write the song um I just was in the right place at the right time and was open enough that the song came through and I caught it <laughs> so um that's kind of a sweet a sweet concept and a sweet practice um whereas other songs that I've written I have so many half written songs because part of a song will come through and then I don't know how to bring it into being and fill it out to completion or maybe I don't make the space for it. I think that's a huge piece. It's like as a creative, when the muses are speaking to us, um, it's almost our responsibility to drop everything and make space for them and bring through whatever that that download is, you know, whether it's um, writing a book or, or writing a song or painting a picture, whatever it might be, like a entrepreneurial idea. Like if we really honor that lightning strike of creativity, um, I've found for me when I have 
the liberty to do that, then the songs come through with more ease. Um, whereas sometimes I'll catch part of it and then I have to go back and really drop into the right space and then maybe try a few different um, chord progressions or melodies or lyrics. But I think it comes back to like feeling into the essence of the song that wants to come through. And then sort of the details work themselves out in terms of lyrics and melody or instruments. And um, that's been my experience, yeah. Yeah, I've had that experience as well. Um, not with songwriting, but just when you get that download and then sometimes it's just like it writes itself, like what what the inspiration is just there and then other times it runs away. It was like, it was too much pressure. I've noticed if I put too much pressure on, I'm like, you're going to be this. And it was just like, no, and it runs away. <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah. maybe it'll come back again one day <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um so this is a bigger question but this show is kind of centered on spirituality um and a lot of spirituality in my perspective can be anything could be cooking could be um, taking care of your child could be singing, could be yoga, could be anything. I'm curious as to what your um, relationship with spirit has been, especially as you have been working with the voice and, and yoga. And how, what, this is like the big question for me that I feel like I'm always learning and and kind of talking to other people about to kind of get more insight as to how we can do this which is how have you learned to cultivate trust in your journey with the great mystery oh okay how have i learned one more time with that last piece <laughs> how have you learned to cultivate trust in your journey with the great mystery okay i think it's ongoing you know i think i'm <laughs> At this point, yeah, consider myself deeply spiritual, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, I wasn't, I didn't always identify that way. I grew up very atheist, and um, in my early 20s, when I started traveling, um, I encountered more different kinds of religions and different kinds of spirituality, and I started opening myself to the possibility of, um, yeah, just inviting that concept of spirituality into my being. And it did take um, a number of years to develop that. And I think it'll be a lifelong journey. Um, in terms of trusting the great mystery, shoot, I ebb and flow with that. You know, sometimes I really lose sight of that. And then I, I have to remember and I have to come back to that trust um, because it always serves me for the best. Um, but it, I do get very cognitive and I am, I, you know, struggle with anxiety and worrying about the future. And I'm very detail oriented, so I can get quite wrapped up in the cognitive details. And I, um, I do have to remember to trust the mystery. And I think there's a lot of practices that help me, you know, reconnect to my spirituality and that sense of peace and ease and well-being. And um, that does for me include singing, um, whether it's by myself or with others. And it does definitely include getting into the body through yoga, um, it can for sure include being in my garden, reconnecting with the earth and um, the plants and the birds. And um, yeah, so I think it's it's a practice for me. It's not a given that I trust the great mystery. It's an ongoing practice. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, it's, there are moments where I'm like, I am fully supported. I am held in the womb of the earth. Everything's good. <laughs> and then other days where I'm like, uh, just trying to figure everything out. Um, but I do feel, and I don't know if you can feel into this too in your experience, there's, there's levels. And so there's like a certain level of trust that I think I have now that say 10 years ago didn't exist for me in the same way. And even though I still go through moments of, you know, trying to figure things out, that's what my human brain wants to do. I can, there's still an, like an underpinning of this foundation of it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, sometimes it feels more 
present than others, but overall, that's kind of how it feels. Good. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And it's it's good to have those reminders. And it's really good to be around other people who are in that space of wanting to cultivate that sense of spiritual connection and ease. Yeah. And I think all of the things like you were describing, especially with being in community that you were describing, where you can um, collaborate in this in this really joyful way through vibration, literally. Um, not through necessarily through using our minds or sharing ideas, but actually just being in the space of, of being in that energy. It, it does allow a certain level of like respect and honoring of like, we're all here and we're creating something really magical and really beautiful. And like, this is what it's all about is that it invites that sort of mindful presence of like being here right now and enjoying the beauty of it all so yeah absolutely yeah I've <laughs> been fortunate to have that experience um singing with groups and often it's maybe just a casual get together with some friends of mine who are you know also musically inclined and we'll start singing and then by the end of it we just look at each other and giggle we're like is this is this happening like this just came to be and it is it's a really beautiful way to cultivate presence and um, appreciation for you know the divine and spirit and the way that that flows through yeah this okay this is like a burning question on my mind that I do want to I want to ask and you may not have the answer to it um, but there are some places where this level of community is probably pretty widely accessible and other places where maybe it's less accessible um, are there like, for example, like five rhythms, ecstatic dance, that's something that's like pretty, like you can, I mean, it's not offered everywhere, but it's something that you can seek out and, and find. Is there, are there organizations or things of that nature for singing? Do you know? Yeah, uh -huh. I, I'm not sure about any, like any, broad organizations like that. I mean, one that comes to mind, actually, that's an international organization um, is the Threshold Choir, but that's a really specific intention. And um, mm -hmm. the intention there is actually to sing to people who are passing away. Um, and it's a really beautiful offering. Um, but again, it's quite specific to that, um, that portal at the end of life and a community offering in that way. That's a, that's, like I said, an international organization, but there's, um, yeah, I mean, there's, a lot of choirs and choruses popping up, especially I'm most familiar, of course, where I live in Hawaii, but also the West Coast, um, Washington, Oregon, and California have a lot of sort of like group sing um, uh, groups that you could look for. Um, and there's also an annual gathering called Singing Alive, and that's in Oregon every year. Um, I think there's one in Kauai, at least there used to be every year. Um, so there's a couple of different locations that Singing Alive happens, and that's um, a great place to connect with local song carriers. I'm less familiar with the East Coast's offerings, so I don't have too much to, to contribute there. But um, I think if someone were interested, they could start by looking up Singing Alive and then um, just following the breadcrumb trail. There's a whole lot of local song carriers on the West Coast that offer regular gatherings. Um, now, post-COVID, there's a lot of in-person gatherings, but during COVID, a whole lot of virtual gatherings popped up, and I think there's still a lot of those that are Yeah, that's gathering. so true. I forget, like, you yeah. can kind of do anything online now. Yes, um, yeah. It maybe isn't quite as nice as being in person, but that is always yeah. an option for people. Right, yeah, it's more accessible online, and it is a different vibration than being in person, but, you know, both are good, and yeah, and then there's more specific groups geared towards different um, intentions. Like there's the Threshold Choir, but there's also mamas who want to sing together, like pregnant mamas who there might be a specific group. I have a good friend, Annie, who offers a group for um, yeah, pregnant and new new mamas. Um, so yeah, there's it's just a different, really a different flavor for any intention. And, you know, maybe there's more of a religious affiliation and maybe not. So yeah. Beautiful. Okay, so I think we'll close it out. Um, I do want to give a shout out to your EP, Bloom, which is 
uh, available on several different platforms. Um, I really enjoyed the song All As Well. I think that was the last song that was really beautiful. It was really simple, um, but it was so gorgeous. And then I forget the name of the other song, but it was about the medicine beneath our feet. Is that what the name of it? What is the yeah, name it's, of called, it's called Medicine We Need. I love that one also. Oh, yeah, That's it's, like so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, it's a it's a nod to the herbalists. You know, I actually I wrote it in the desert in San Diego, which is where I grew up. Well, I grew up in San Diego. Um, and I wrote it out in the desert because there's so many beautiful native plants that just grow voraciously like at our feet and um, they provide really beautiful medicine for us and that holds true wherever we are on earth and so just yeah giving a giving a nod to our plant allies and um, our connection with them beautiful and the one last thing is I'm going to have you go ahead and talk a little bit about how people can work with you or connect with you and what you have to offer awesome yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I'm based in Hawaii, and I do in-person uh, private sessions with both yoga and voice out here, um, but I also do offer virtual voice lessons, um, and yeah, I absolutely love working with my students in this way. Um, it is like I've like we, we've spoken to over this um, over this hour together, weaves in um, you know, psychology and, and acknowledging emotions and, and thought patterns that don't serve us in terms of expression. Um, and then also yoga and, um, and breathing and uh, these different avenues to help us really connect. Um, so yeah, I do offer those and um, maybe I can uh, list my email address um, with the Definitely. podcast. People can reach out to me in that way if they're interested in, in working together with that. Beautiful. Yeah. And so all of all the your email and whatever else you want to include will be in the show notes. So that should be easy. <laughs> All right, Amanda, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I'm sure everyone really enjoyed listening to something a little different. I talk about the kind of the same stuff a lot. So <laughs> it was nice to have a conversation about about singing, about yoga, about all of these things um, from a different perspective. So it's been really an honor to talk to you. And yeah, for everyone else. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so grateful to be here. It's so good to reconnect with you and, and talk about all these things that I'm so passionate about. So thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, everyone. I'll see you next time. Have a great rest of your day.